Hello, and you're very welcome to another edition of The Others, the Alan Kinsler podcast, where I look at small parties and groups and independents that have contested elections in Ireland over the years. This week, it's the turn of Terence Moroni, Terry Moroni, who ran in the November 1982 election in Waterford as an independent, unemployed candidate. He had been part of the People's March for Decent Jobs, or and which had the backing of various trade unions, but also various unemployed action groups within Waterford that had taken place in the summer of 1982. So this episode will cover both the election campaign and also the People's March for Decent Jobs, which was quite a, uh, an undertaking, you know, literally to walk from, he had, Moroni himself had walked from Dungarvan to Waterford and then from Waterford to uh, Dublin as part of the protest. Thanks uh, everybody who subscribed to the podcast and if you haven't, please do and tell your friends and everything about it. Thanks too to everybody who subscribed to the Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash election lit and I'd love more subscribers. It'd be very, very helpful. If you want to contact me, I'm at election lit on Twitter, Irish political ephemera on Facebook, irishelectionliterature.com is the website and irishelectionliterature at gmail.com is the email address. Thanks. In November 1982, Terry Moroni stood as an independent unemployed candidate in Waterford. An out-of-work chef who has been on the dole for the past three years emerged last night as an unemployed candidate in the general election in the four-seat Waterford constituency. 21-year-old Terry Moroni of Dungarvan, married with two children, announced that he would seek election as an unemployed candidate and he has the backing of the unemployed groups in the constituency. Now this backing was really important. Moroni had been part of various um, of the group of unemployed uh, workers that had organised in the summer of 1982 to take part in the People's March for Jobs. Moroni and others marched to Dublin. He was one of a contingent that marched from Dungarvan to Waterford and from Waterford to Dublin. So before we get to the election campaign, we're going to, I'm just going to cover the, the People's March for Jobs because it was really, it was like literally there was factories closing all over the place in the early 80s. Unemployment was going up. I think there was 5,000 uh, unemployed in Watford. And it, it was just grim. Like everywhere factories were closing. And with the, the fact, you know, so many communities depended on a factory, especially, obviously in Dublin, but especially in rural or smaller, smaller areas, the factory was the lifeblood of the a town or... Um, an area, you know, the, the shops depended on workers having the money from the factories and so on. Um, they want, you know, it was the whole situation was was really really bad. I, yeah, and of course it was emigration and everything as well. But if you were married, a couple of kids, and the emigrate, you know, emigration wasn't always the 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 first choice. Waterford itself had suffered massive job losses in the late 70s and early 80s. There were protests, some, um, some supposedly over 10,000 people 
uh, protesting over unemployment in the, the city. Factory after factory was closing. And it was a, it was one of the reasons that Paddy Gallagher of um, the Workers' Party uh, was elected in February 1982, that they would do something about unemployment. Indeed, Gallagher's own literature from 1981 spells it out. The Waterford constituency has a highly experienced and disciplined workforce and has the geographical features to be one of Ireland's major industrial and agricultural centres. Yet Waterford is on the decline because it lacks effective political representation to articulate its case at national level. The constituency now has its worst unemployment and worst housing crisis ever, a stagnant port and underdeveloped in infrastructure. A major step in halting Waterford's rapid decline would be the election of Paddy Gallagher to Doyle Aaron to ensure that the workers' voice is heard and heeded. Paddy Gallagher's election will be an investment in Waterford's future. Jobless Plan March in Dublin A National People's March for Decent Jobs was launched in Dublin yesterday. Over the next few months there will be marches, rallies and rock concerts throughout the country to highlight the unemployment crisis. The march, which is being supported by a substantial number of trade union groups, is demanding a guaranteed living income for all unemployed men and women, a 35-hour week to create more jobs, and a crash programme of investment in social services and useful public services. Mr John Crane, Secretary of the Organising Committee, outlined plans for two marches from Dundalk and Waterford at yesterday's press conference. The Waterford protest will leave the city on June the 29th and proceed to Dublin through Kilkenny, Carlow and Newbridge, arriving in the capital on July the 3rd. There will be major demonstrations in Dublin to meet the marchers, with workers and unemployed from all over Ireland. The organisers say a weekend of rallies, rock concerts and festivities with unemployment as its theme is being organised. So the, the plan is getting publicity. These marches are getting publicity and it's it's a national event but the first one of the marches to kick off is from Waterford. Support for the People's March for Decent Jobs is being built up around the country. The march will leave Waterford on Tuesday the 29th of June. Uh, the aim of the march is to bring home the message that unemployment isn't working to the widest number of people and to demonstrate that the, that the unemployed and the unemployed are working together in a common cause. Waterford will be the rallying point next week for what has been termed People's March for Decent Jobs. Organised to highlight chronic unemployment situation in the country, the march will set out for Dublin at 11 o'clock on Tuesday morning, significantly from outside the Social Welfare Office's Ballybricken. Taking part in the first leg of the demonstration will be about 30 unemployed people from Dublin and Waterford. En route to Kilkenny, Carlow, Athai, Newbridge and Nace, they will be joined by others out of work and on reaching Dublin on the following Saturday, they will be met by coachloads of workers and unemployed people from all over Ireland for a weekend of rallies, concerts and other activities to highlight the issues. In a statement on the march, the Secretary of the Waterford Council of Trade Unions, Mr Michael O'Brien, said on Tuesday that it was significant that the organisers had selected Waterford as the assembly point, taking into account that the live register now showed 4,000 unemployed in the city. Before leaving Waterford, the marchers will parade to the City Hall, where they will hand in a letter to the Mayor of the City, Alderman Joe Cummins. Part of the letter will set out a case for the provision of an unemployed centre 
in the city. Some of the local participants in the march are being sponsored by the Council of Trade Unions, the officers and executive of, of which will join with those taking part and see them off on their journey to Dublin at Plunkett Station. The Waterford Unemployed Action Group in a statement says the march, which would bring together contingents from Dungarvan, Dublin, Belfast and Clonmel, would link together the unemployed and unemployed in a militant protest against the dole queues. It was being supported by many trade union bodies, including many of the ATG and WU branches in Waterford area, which had raised money for the demonstration. In addition, trades councils in areas along the route had also backed the march. The main themes of the march are opposition to all redundancies or closures, fight for a 35 hour working week to create more jobs, a guaranteed living income for unemployed people and a crash programme in investment in social services and useful public works. The marchers will visit factories and other workplaces along the route to build links with local workers. And in Kilkenny and Carlow, the local council of trade unions are organising social events for those taking part, which will be attended by local supporters of the march. So you can see it's quite, it's well organised, it's well backed, and it has plain aims. What, it be, what has been dubbed the People's March for Decent job le Jobs left Waterford City on Tuesday before the 32 marchers from the Garvin, Waterford and Dublin left the city. A letter was handed into the Mayor's office welcoming the recent agreement in principle by the corporation to provide a centre for the unemployed locally. The march was seen off by members of the Waterford Trades Council as well as by a number of people who themselves are out of work. On Monday, seven marchers walked all the way from Dungarvan to Waterford, and despite blisters and stiff muscles, continued on to Kilkenny on Tuesday en route to Dublin. Everyone we met along the way was really enthusiastic, said Kevin Skiski, one of the Dungarvan contingent. They all felt it was good to be doing something to highlight the growing unemployment problem. Young people especially were very interested and supporters. The marchers stopped overnight in Kilkenny on Tuesday after meeting up the with the redundant workers from the recently closed Fieldcrest factory and with representatives of the Kilkenny Trades Council. The letter which was handed into Waterford City Hall read as follows. The People's March for Decent Jobs welcomes the recent decision by Waterford Corporation to agree in principle to the provision of funds and a building for an unemployed centre. We hope this demonstrates that the city councillors recognise the problems face, facing the unemployed, problems of isolation, demonstration, feelings of uselessness, etc. etc. We also hope it indicates that the corporation recognises that Waterford in the South East has the highest growth rate of unemployment in the country and that unemployed people need a centre. Such a centre would be a place where unemployed people can come together to discuss their problems and to reach decisions on how best to overcome them. Also a place where they can get information on their rights and assistance with any other problems they may encounter. Agreeing in principle is a long way from actually providing such a centre and we hope the corporation will address itself to the task of making an unemployed centre in Waterford a reality in the near future. For our part, we intend to intensify our campaign against unemployment generally and for such centres to be set up in other areas of the country. Now, what wasn't mentioned there in the report was that one of those who actually had set off from Dungarvan uh, to walk to Watford to take part in the march was Terry Moroni. 
So he was a major part of this organisation and of the march. Having left Kilkenny, the marchers arrived in Carlow. Carlow becomes a focal point for a major campaign against unemployment this week as the People's March for Decent Jobs arrives in the town en route from Waterford to Dublin. So the next port of call was in Carlow. A meeting attended by about 60 people was held last night in Carlow Town under the auspices of the local Trades Council to coincide with the People's March for Decent Jobs, which passed through Carlow yesterday. Mr Stephen McManus, Secretary of Carlow Trades Council, described the march as a breath of fresh air and a move which could open the doors towards saving jobs and possibly creating more jobs. He described the march as a unifying force for the unemployed, which would enable them to fight for their rights. Mr McManus called on the government to use its greatest resources has at its disposal the country's land. He stated that the southeast region has the best farmland in Europe and spoke of the potential for development of this land. We get that the job um, the, about Newbridge. The People's March for Decent Jobs passed through Newbridge last Thursday. Young people marching from Waterford to Dublin stopped for a public meeting outside the town hall. They were met by local trade unionists who swelled the marchers' ranks in a walk through the town. They left Newbridge, went through Nace, and were met at Clondalkin, where there were at Clondalkin paper mills near the end of the journey. The marchers were treated to tea at the social club attached to the paper mills. Um, and the workers were, were occupying the plant. The next day, the Clondalkin workers and the contingent and the contingent from DeLorean in Belfast, where another occupation against redundancy is in progress, joined the marchers for the final stage of the journey into the city. And they took part in this massive march down uh, in Dublin, the People's March for Jobs. And they got highlighted, of course, the, the fact that they had walked, many of them had actually walked from Waterford, and indeed Dungarvan to Waterford and on to, to Dublin. For just as an aside, when in Carlow, on the march they held collections all along the way, you know, and um, in Carlow, they were stopped uh, by the guards who demanded to see a collection license and uh, the marchers picketed the Garda station in Carlow and were eventually granted a license, um, a permit, shall we say, for collecting. But they got a rousing reception all the way up to Dublin from people. And as I was kind of saying there, you know, they stopped at various factories, places where there had been redundancies. Like this wasn't isolated to Waterford unemployment. It was all over the country. And there were factories closes, closing, factories occupied and so on. It was a really, really hard time for workers. So it was through that that a lot of people became politically active. And also, um, there was a feeling in Waterford, now this is just a, anecdotally I've heard, there was a feeling in Waterford that the Workers' Party, who had actually um, supported had a kind of confidence and supply thing with the with the Hawhey government. Um, certainly had voted for Hawhey for Taoiseach. Uh, were seen as not having done enough, you know, uh, for unemployed that, you know, Paddy Gallagher had voted, but he hadn't uh, got anything in exchange. 
um, for his vote and that unemployment in Waterford wasn't being tackled, it was getting worse and so on. So hence the idea to run, uh, for, for Terry Moroney to run, backed by the Waterford um, Workers Unemployed Action Group in the November 1982 general election. So when the election was called for November 1982, uh, Terry Moroni was nominated and entered the race. It is the intention of the unemployed action groups in the Waterford constituency to highlight the massive unemployment situation in the county, over 5,000, by contesting this election. A statement issued on behalf of unemployed worker Terence Moroni of Dungarvan, who is a candidate in this election. The fact that since the election of Fahi, D.C., Collins and Gallagher, unemployment has continued to soar in the constituency demonstrates the inability of the political parties to tackle unemployment. We feel that candidates contesting this election have no credibility on the unemployment issue. Last summer, when Terry Moroni and a number of un other unemployed workers marched from Dungarvan to Waterford, where they joined the main body of marchers going to the Dublin going to Dublin as part of the People's March for Decent Jobs, none of the candidates in the, this election bothered to come out to support it. For these reasons, we feel we've no option but to put forward Terry Moroni as an alternative to these politicians. Unemployed Candidates Mandate. The mandate issued by the unemployed workers in support of their candidate, Terry Moroni of Dungarvan, states that dull queues are getting longer every day. Officially, there are over 165,000 unemployed. In fact, there are thousands more who have not signed on. In factory after factory, the toll of redundancies and layoffs is mounting. Hearn's Cabinet Factory, Denny's, Good Buddies, Waterford Gear Company, Polypack, Rumback Plastics, Dungarvan Leathers, Radley Engineering, Wellworthy, Paper Mills, Silomans, Myra Chem, Dunlops, Palmology Inst, Ballygagan, Powers Brewery, Chipboard Factory, Waterford Iron Founders, Capaquin Bacon Factory, Portlaw Tannery, Quigley Magnesite are just some of the closures and redundancies which have occurred in the constituency in recent years. Only last week's over 90 jobs have been threatened in Jiden, Tallow. School leavers have grown desperate for jobs. More and more women are forced to go out to work for small wages to maintain the household. Unemployment has also become the big stick to beat trade unionists into accepting lower wages. But will anything be done? Not if we place our faith in the politicians who have consistently said that they would reduce unemployment and yet unemployment continues to soar. In fact, top economists have predicted that a quarter of the workforce will be unemployed if the present, if the present trend continues. Terry Moroni is standing in this election not because he, as an individual, can achieve anything through the Doyle Aaron, but to highlight unemployment and to protest at its steady increase. The politicians of Doyle Aaron are more interested in running a system that puts profits before jobs. It is the belief of the unemployed action groups that it is only when the unemployed unite with trade unionists at work that a real fight can begin. The only message can be to organise. We are contesting this election with only one promise, to encourage that unity and fight back. If elected, we will use the Doyle as a platform to highlight every redundancy and job lost.
We will throw all resources available into encouraging solidarity and resistance. In the meantime, Terry Moroni is standing as a means of putting forward a few simple policies that can be taken up now to fight the job losses. They are policies that cannot be handed down from the Doyle, but fought in the here and now by the wider trade union movement. There was a Jimmy Kelly, the president of the Waterford Council of Trade Unions, um, also um, issued a statement. Now, don't forget, this was the third election in months, in, in a year, in just over a year. There'd been one in, in June 81. Uh, February 82 and this was here was November 1982 yet another election is now being forced on the workers although result the result is not going to make the slightest difference to the unemployed and the poor of this society we have seen unemployment rise since the last two elections and all indications are that it will continue to rise after this election the workers of Waterford and of other constituencies would do well to ask themselves the following questions before polling day what steps have or will be taken by politicians to introduce a fair and equitable tax system which shifts the burden of tax and PRSI from the PAYE sector? Two, what politicians or political parties are the unemployed prepared to put, place their faith in in order to have the right to work? Three, are the workers employed and unemployed going to give a vote of confidence to the present political and economic system which is 200,000 men and women condemned to spend their lives in the dole. The Waterford Council of Trade Unions condemns the present system which puts profit before people. We do not believe that the economy should be put right at the expense of the working class through lower wages, higher tax and PRSI cuts in public spending, cuts in the health service, bad housing, miserable payments to the unemployed and those on long-term social welfare payments, such as disabled people and old age pensioners. The Waterford Congress of Trade Unions welcomes the decision to stand an unemployment candidate in the general elections, which will at least keep the issue to the fore and indeed we understand the feeling of hopelessness for the future, which led to the decision to put forward such a candidate. The executive of the WCTU will at least help financially towards the election costs of Mr Moroni. So we got some backing um, from various different areas. And it's quite interesting too, um, Moroni was, there, were, there was actually a lot of the parties where um, people were afraid of the impact he would have. The, um, the Waterford Unemployed Action Group had got a lot of support. People admired them for getting up off their backsides and trying to do stuff. And unemployment was such a huge scourge across the, the, the county um, that there was fears, certainly from, uh, there was fears from various parties that he could, um, that he could poll quite well. Now, some of the predictions said he'd be lucky to get 200 votes. Others thought he could actually, you know, he could poll a thousand votes. Such was the, the, the issue. So polling day came and despite all the support, Moroni polled 285 votes and wasn't uh, in the running for a seat. But the campaign had shown that there was, even though the votes were, were low, that there was a concerted feeling that something had to be done about unemployment. And of course that campaign 
was an extension of the People's March for Decent Jobs. And for all the agitation and protests that had taken place in Waterford um, since the late 70s about the unemployment issue. Thanks very much for listening. Um, if you could subscribe to the podcast, that would be great. And even better, if you could subscribe and support the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash electionlit. That would be fantastic. Thanks very much.